This podcast may contain graphic and or explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners, especially kids like me. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Real Life Podcast brought to you by the Thin Blue Line for Women. In this podcast, We open up and talk about real-life issues as they relate to first responders. It's raw, it's real, and it's about time. I'm Tamara, your host. Thanks for joining me. Are you looking for Thin Blue Line gear? It's available on our website at thinbluelineforwomen.com. That's thinbluelineforwomen.com the number four, women.com. Show your support for law enforcement and get your Thin Blue Line gear today. Just click on shop at thinbluelineforwomen.com. Don't forget, you can listen to the Real Life Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and on YouTube. Thank you for joining us. Today's interview is with Jim Russell. He is an artist, a retired law enforcement officer, a bicyclist, and an advocate for DUI prevention. We talk about his art. We discussed how he became a law enforcement officer. And finally, we discussed details of how his wife's son was killed in a drunk driving vehicle crash. So go grab your drink of choice, maybe a snack, and enjoy this episode with Jim Russell. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. Um, your website, jimrussellart.com, is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I am going to read a quick clip from that, and then we'll go ahead and start uh, your episode. I really liked it when I clicked on your website, and this is important for listeners to hear. It says, from artist to cop, to distance cyclist, to mental health advocate, to artist once again. Yes. That's, so that's I, <laughs> I, I really like that. I thought you, usually I say, Hey, tell me about yourself, but I don't really need to because that kind of says it all. So, yeah. yeah. So go ahead and let's start at the very beginning and talk about your art. Like when did you start doing art? Like what age, what type of art and et cetera, just go ahead and roll with it. Um, I've been doing art my entire life. I've, I've always loved doing art. I've always loved doing, you know, drawing and all kinds of stuff. And it, the furthest back I can think about me really being interested in art and trying to really develop it was when I was about five. And the first drawing I did that really, I really tried to do well on it was a drawing of Godzilla. <laughs> and nice. I remember I, I remember I wasn't that great with it because I, I could only do his head and I, and I just made a building in front of his body because I couldn't do the rest. But that's as far back as I can remember be, about being about five years old. 
Wow. And uh, But throughout my life, I always had an interest in, I was always the kid in class that was doodling, drawing, you know, uh, drawing. I, I mean, as a kid, I drew spaceships and battles and spacemen and all that other stuff. But I, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I just stuck with it through, through my entire life. And as I got into my teen years, I got much more serious at it that in, that in high school, I was doing cartooning and painting and pointillism and all kinds of stuff. And I got to the point where I was doing, uh, by my senior year, half my day, I was in art classes and I was in something called directed individual study, which was basically just do what you want because you pretty much can do the art. You know? <laughs> wow. And I had a great time in there. So I, so I uh, intended to be an artist. I wanted to be an artist. And I uh, was accepted to Florida State University and I, and I started off at FSU as a fine arts major with oh, every wow. intent, every intention of being an artist. And of course, as you know, as you know, things changed some, at, at least at that point. But um, I, one of the reasons, one of the reasons why I started looking for other options though, was the, I wanted to be a fine artist. I didn't want to be into commercial art, graphic art, that, you know, advertising, none of that. I wanted to be the painter type, you know? Oh, okay. And the thing with that is, is you're either going to be filthy rich or you're going to be a starving artist. And the likelihood <laughs> was I was going to be a starving artist and I needed to have a job. So, mm -hmm. right, right. So then that kind of opened up, you know, other possibilities for me. And that possibility was law enforcement, right? It was, as a matter of fact, you know, throughout my years of being a kid and, Growing up, I always thought police stuff was cool, but I just never thought like, well, this is something that I can do. It was just something uh -huh. that somebody else did. Yeah. Well, my brother-in-law uh, went to FSU before me, and he became a cop down in Largo, uh, Florida. And while I was in college and while I was searching and sort of reexamining my career, he asked me if I wanted to go for a ride along. And I thought, yeah, sure, why not? You know, whatever, that'd be fun. And it just sort of dawned on me. I'm like, wait a minute. If <laughs> If he can do this, <laughs> right. I can do this. And this is, this is really, this seems fun. And, you know, and so that was during the summer between semesters. And I remember I went back home and my mom said, what'd you think? I said, mom, I loved it. Wow. And of course she was like, oh no. Right. Mom, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The word mom. Yeah. So when I went back to school, I got with my academic advisor and switched everything over, never intending to abandon art, but I knew I could always do that and still have a career, you know? Right. Right. So that's what, that's what put me on that path. Yeah, those darn ride-alongs, man. They they really get get people's eyes opened. I wish they would do more, just so people can see yeah. how how it really is out there. You know. Yeah. Yep. So okay, so what age did you get into law enforcement then? How old were you? Uh, I started when I was uh, twenty three. I graduated. Um, <clears throat> I graduated FSU in nineteen ninety one, and uh, when I was uh, when I was twenty one years old. And uh, so then I went to the police academy at what is now Seminole State College. It was Seminole Community College at the time, but it was the police academy there in Central Florida. And uh, and uh, I uh, a year later, about December of of, of uh, 1992, 1992, um, that's when I uh, graduated that, and I started looking for a job. And that wow. was during a, we had actually in, the, in 92, 91, 92, we had a big recession going on. And I remember I wanted to work for uh, the first place I wanted to work for was Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, because that's where my brother-in-law was working at that time. Okay. And I thought it'd be great to work together down there. And, I'll, and I was living in Seminole County, so I applied for Seminole County Sheriff's Office, Orange County Sheriff's Office. 
but there were so many applicants for so few positions. Wow. For instance, Hillsborough County had a thousand applicants for nine positions. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seminole County had 500 applicants for two. I don't even remember what the, what the, what the ratio was at, at Orange County. So I'm like, I have to be willing to move. I have to be willing to, right. you know, maybe work for a smaller department or whatever so I can get my foot in the door. And uh, so I called, I said, well, I went to FSU. They have a police department, I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, Florida uh, State University. Got it. Yeah. So I called up there, yeah. you know, and, uh, and they said, yeah, we're hiring. I said, how, wow. I, the question I had was how many, how many positions and how many applicants? They said, we have five positions open and 63 applicants. I'm like, wow, oh, I, actually, wow. I actually might have a shot at this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I applied a funny part of that story is during that summer, after I, you know, after I had graduated from the uh, police academy, my sister was a manager of several Great Clips hair salons. She was a she was a beautician cosmetologist, and I needed a job. So guess where I was working? I was working at the front desk of a, <laughs> of a salon. Great clips. Yeah, That's awesome. And, um, and and the funny part also was I was doing cartoons of everybody in there. You know, so I was having oh, a great wow. time. And stuff. But uh, but I remember though. Um, that I got the phone call after doing all my interviews at FSU. I got the phone call, and it was a it was a person who worked there named Joanne. She worked the front uh, as the administrative manager, and she said, "Hey, uh, when do you think you might be able to come up here and get measured for your vest?" And I said, uh, "Anytime, <laughs> you know." Um, she said, "Okay, the- we'll schedule that." And but they hadn't told me I was hired yet. Wow! So I'm like, so if I'm getting oh. measured for my vest, am I getting hired? She's like, "Yeah, they didn't tell you." I'm like, "No." <laughs> so I went out there and my sister was working and I'm like, well, I quit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> here's and, my notice. Uh, Bye-bye. Yeah, they were really happy. But, uh, yeah, but that's, uh, that's how I got the word is they really didn't tell me I had to ask them after they wow. wanted to you know, get these five. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so you were 23 when you got that job. Yeah. I, I started okay. February 26, 1993. Wow. I just turned 23. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yep. That's had, amazing. Bad hair at the time. And like now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're the same age then. Cause yeah. Uh, 91 and 92, I was still in the military. Wow. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, it's, it seems like yesterday, but it's like, you know, it's a, I know it, it time, time does do that. Yeah. It just goes by my thir- to my 13 year old. It's ancient history. That's he says that's in the 20th century. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. Get a little smart. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So you, Florida State University PD, that's what it was called, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So what kind of jobs did you do there? Like what, what did you, um, what did you well, take I, on? Yeah. Well, I started off on, uh, in patrol. It's a, it, it, then it was, a, it's a, it's actually a bigger agency now. I think they're up to about over 80 officers now. Oh, okay. Back then it was about 50, I think it was 54 officers, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it, you kind of picture it being like a small town. And, and they're, uh, and they're armed and, and they're sworn officers, right? Armed sworn officers. Okay. Yeah. The right, whole thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I worked on patrol, um, and I got on bike patrol. I worked, uh, I worked in investigations for a little bit. This is very early on. Uh, they did a thing where they called it an internship, where they had pulled somebody off of patrol, let them work investigations for a while. Oh, okay. Um, I worked as an assistant to the training coordinator, um, then I got into crime prevention and crime prevention was the big boost for me because when you're in crime prevention, you get to know everybody in your community because you're yeah. always, you know, doing stuff. Right. So, um, so I worked, uh, uh, crime prevention and from there, from crime prevention, I got promoted to a shift commander. I was a sergeant. 
And then from sergeant, I went to, uh, so I was a support services lieutenant, which was basically over crime prevention, over training and over internal affairs. And, um, and from there, I went to, uh, I ended up becoming an assistant chief. Uh, later on, they reorganized it. So it was a deputy chief. And, uh, and that's when I ended up retiring. At, at 25 years, um, I, was, uh, I was ready. A sergeant <laughs> told me, he said, a sergeant told me, he said, Jim, he goes, if you can retire, do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when it was time, I did the numbers and it seemed to work out. And of yeah. course, then that art career was looming. I thought, you know, Good I could you. do art with a pension check. Yep. And, Good uh, for you. and it seemed very appealing. And so, and, and <laughs> I had to paraphrase this. So about four years before I retired, I sat there in the, in the chief's office and I said, chief, I said, you know what? 25 years, I'm out of here. Right. And I love the guy. His name's David Perry. I love, love the guy. We still stay in contact. And he goes, no, Jim, he goes, you can't leave. You got to do the drop program, which is basically it's a, it's a retirement program that we have in Florida that once you reach 25 years, you commit to work another five years, then you got to be gone, but they help you with your, um, they help you, uh, build up a retirement. Oh, okay. But he said, uh, he said, uh, you know, he goes, no, you got, you got, you got to stay. You can't just be here for uh, four years. I said, well, chief, I said, the, I said, the news is worse because I said, it really what that means is it, it really only means three years. Cause I said, cause that last year I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite say it like that, but, <laughs> right, right, right. but, uh, and, and sure enough, you know, I, 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 I was serious, you know, and there was, there was some going back and forth, but I was, you know, I was serious and, uh, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So you did 25 years and you retired as a deputy chief right? Mm-hmm. from Florida state university. Good for you. That's awesome. So then, uh, so how long ago was that? Th- that was just this past year? Yeah, well, 2018. It was February 18, 2018 18. when I finished. Okay. Yep. And then how did you get right back into the art again? What, what, did, what did that look like? Well, actually, and this actually goes into some of the mental health stuff that, I, that okay. I've done, is I'd always, I'd always done um, art. I'd always done, throughout my career, I'd done art, not at the same rate that I'm doing it, but I kept mm-hmm. doing it. But I knew as I was getting closer to retirement, one of the most important things is you have to have post law enforcement career. You have to have a strong social base and a strong interest base and things that you can do and associate with that are not law enforcement. Absolutely. You know? Amen. 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 <laughs> yeah. And so that's what, so, so I started about 2016 started ramping up doing more paintings, making connections so by the time I was finished, by the time I had retired, I had already uh, built up a, an inventory. I, I had uh, honed my skills some more. And within one week of retiring, I was doing a live painting at the FSU president's house for, for a thing he was, he was doing. Wow. Yeah. A live so, painting. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure, right? Only the president no. <laughs> of the university in here. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but so, so I started, you know, within you know, a week, I was already just, I threw myself into it. And, and, and I was very much also, um, I was very much also trying to change my persona as far as how I interacted with people as well. I wasn't, you know, my, my friends and people that I worked with, you know, it's like they would, you know, my, my rank at FSU was major. It was deputy uh, chief was my job. Oh, okay. The way our rank system worked is number two in command was called, was a major. Okay. And so they would say, Hey, mage, major, major. Like, hey, just call me Jim. I'm not right, a major right. anymore. Yeah, I'm an artist, right. you know? I mean, yeah. so I'm still connected to my law enforcement roots, but but mm-hmm. but it's it's important to me to to make sure that that I, I don't become defined by a right. 
career I had previously. Uh huh. Yeah, that makes sense. There's still going to be some of that, of course, and, and I embrace that. But but yeah. But but I'm but I fully threw myself into the artwork. No, that's awesome. Yeah, people still call me Sarge, and it's like, no, I'm just Tamara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See that? Yeah. yeah my, my people I've worked with have said it feels weird to call you anything other than you know. Yeah, I, I know because that's how yeah. they know us, and that's and that's fine. That's a respect thing. My know? nickname, my nickname when I was working at the top was Buzzard. <laughs> well, okay, what's the story with that? Part of it's because I'm bald, and the second part is is because once we were following a guy across campus, there was you, you, you know you kind of lurking after somebody that was looks like they were up to no good. And me and another officer were kind of shadowing him to see if he was going to do something. And apparently at one point, I don't remember this, but apparently at one point I, I stuck my neck out around a corner. And this this uh, this other cop that I worked with who was from Mayo, Florida, he, go, he, he goes, Jim, you look just like a buzzard sticking his neck around the corner. And that was it. I was buzzard. That was it. And buzz and that was it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So major and buzzard. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So tell me a little bit more about your, your art. Is it just, is it painting with, with just like, what kind of paint is it? Is it acrylic paint? Is it on canvas? Like I, I'm not a very good, you know, yeah, um, I, I, I can't I, talk about art. So go ahead and tell us what yeah, um, so I do. I, I try to have a very broad array of art, um, but mostly my, my favorite type of artwork is oil painting on canvas. Okay. And I do also acrylics. It de- and it really depends just for me is which one dries faster. A, a oil painting <laughs> dries in about two weeks when you're done. Oh, if you need fast turnaround on a painting, you can do acrylic, which dies, which, uh, which dries in about 20 minutes. Wow. And I do all kinds of stuff. I do sea creatures. I do landscapes. I do, I've done, you know, honeybees and butterflies and, and uh, but I also do stuff that's um, that's more uh, symbolic and, and surrealistic. I do some things that have been law enforcement oriented, mental health oriented. So I have I have kind of different forks in which I go in it. There's a commercial side where people want to buy things for decor, okay. and then there's the side that are that I'm trying to to communicate more emotionally. And oh, so gotcha. so I do that as well. It's fun. The funny part is that sometimes I do some of these paintings that I say are just weird, and I think you know I'm doing this purely for the artistic side of it. And then someone will want to buy it. Um, yeah, you, ne- you never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Which question my friendship, you know? But <laughs> you know, but uh, um, it's like one of my one of my former cop friends. He says to me, he bought a painting I did of a lake that he lives on, and he goes, he goes, he goes, Jim, I love your stuff. He goes, but some of your stuff is just shocking. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I don't think it's nice way to put it. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but he's bought a few of my paintings. I don't think he's too disturbed, but, uh, um, but I, but, but, uh, like the other day as I, you know, it, most of my stuff though, that by and large, most of my stuff is, is sort of wildlife landscapes. Um, I've done some boats. I like doing oceans. Uh, and my latest one that I did was just a couple penguins, you know, because people like, you know, people like animals. And so you, you put that stuff out there and and I try to make the stuff affordable. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, it's been, you know, it's, it's enjoyable for, for me, it's great therapy. So would you, would you paint anything for like law enforcement related items, you yeah. know, for like for sale or, I mean, there's a lot of followers on my page that would probably love your art. If it was like a cop yeah. car or a, you know, even like a, like a, like a soldier, even like a military. Yep. I've soldier. done that. That'd be, that'd I did awesome. one actually that was a, uh, it was an acrylic. Uh, and it was kind of done almost in ve- kind of neon bright colors on a black background, but it was the oh. shape of an officer. Oh. Um, the whole, you know, 
the uniform and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, it probably would have looked really good under a black light, but, uh, wow. but, it, but it was really neat looking though. And it was just called on patrol and it was a fairly oh, wow. big, it was 16 inches by 40 inches. And it, it ended up in that. And the, and the purpose of that was to, was to make that for first responders and law enforcement. And I've done two of those so far. I've done one that was law enforcement. I did one that was a nurse with angel wings on it. Aww. And uh, so that's, that's a series that I, that I've been working on. So, oh, nice. And one of my, one of my former colleagues, she said, uh, she goes, you know, if you put a ponytail on that, I would have bought that. So, oh, wow. So I have what, a, does it, does it look like her or something or. No, it was, it was just, this was, just, it was just a, it was just a, you know, guy, you know, Oh, but, oh, okay. He was saying if you had made a female law enforcement, oh, yeah. Of so, course, I'm like, right, okay, right. well, then that's in the queue. I'll do that. You know, absolutely. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So that's that's something I've definitely had in mind. I got, I have a, I have a, um, a, an ink drawing that I did of a. Uh, we have something at FSU PD called the the FSU Police Motorsports Team, mm-hmm. which is basically it, one of our one of our guys is a uh, he's a sport bike racer. So because sports bikes are often involved in collisions, he created this training program where he actually brings people out to a racetrack and teaches them how to handle their bikes. And so wow. I did a, I did a, I did an ink drawing of him on his motorcycle leaning into a curb, which was really cool. So I've done, really cool. I've done a few law enforcement things. I've done some military stuff. I've done aviation art. So I've done a lot of like military aviation. Um, so I try to stay as, as diverse as I can in different mm-hmm. subjects. You know. So your your website is jimrussellart.com, correct? Yep. Then you know, so, you know so, then you got then you got the website. So what if somebody is listening to this podcast right now and they're intrigued and they want a piece of art that um that maybe they can't find on your website? Can they send you an email and ask you to to paint it for them? Is that possible? Yeah, I'm actually yeah. working in five commissions right now. Um, oh my so, goodness! Yeah, so what, what people will do is they'll they'll ask me, "Can you do?" I do a lot of pets, you know. Uh, right uh-huh. now, oh, yeah. Right now, I'm doing somebody who lost their son in a car crash, oh. which that one's you know I have to get that one perfect, you know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but what they'll do is they'll email me or they'll call me, um, and they'll ask, "Can I? Can you do this painting? Can I send you some pictures?" And uh, and and we'll set it up, and I'll ask them wow. what kind of canvas they want, what kind of paint, you know. And, uh, but I've, I've done quite a few of those. Yep. Wow. That is so interesting. Okay. We're going to take just a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to open up and talk about drunk drivers because you have an important, but sad story to tell. So Jim, we'll be right back. All right. Are you interested in CSI or forensics? The Forensic Science Academy program has been recognized as the premier training program completely dedicated to students who are launching their forensic career. The Academy offers specialized hands-on training modules in basic and advanced crime scene investigation, forensic photography, fingerprint identification and classification, crime scene management, and coroner investigations. Instruction is offered in the form of weekend workshops, online courses, webinars, and seminars. Training at the Academy of Forensic Science will give students the competitive edge employers and agencies are looking for when hiring. Past graduates are now working as crime scene investigators, private investigators, forensic pathologists, coroner investigators, forensic nurses, forensic accountants, and even criminalists. The courses are taught by forensic professionals who are experts in the field 
and hold membership in the International Association for Identification and other professional forensic organizations. For more information, visit ForensicScienceAcademy.org. Again, that's ForensicScienceAcademy.org. I want to give a special shout out to the Blue Line podcast. They talk about everything from current conservative news and law enforcement news mixed with critical issues impacting everyone across our beautiful nation. They take pride in providing listeners with education and life-saving training tactics from gun safety to home invasion tips. So check them out today at thewiscobluelineline.com. That's the W-I-S-C-O blueline.com. Okay, we're back from break. Now I'm gonna read something. It's like a statistic and it's from cdc.gov. Every day, 29 people in the United States die in motor vehicle crashes that involve an alcohol impaired driver. Now, I, I don't know how, how accurate that is, but I pulled that up yesterday. And um, I thought that was a lot, 29 people. 29 people a day. Mm-hmm. That, that's a lot to me. So anyway, um, go ahead and tell your story of your wife's son um, that involved a drunk driver. Right. Uh, well, I actually met my wife at the candlelight vigil they had on on campus, on the FSU campus, uh, for him after, after he died. Uh, he was a, his name was Matthew Beard. Uh, my wife's name is Connie. And uh, he was a senior at FSU that was a major in uh, biology, and he was going to be a marine biologist. And he had actually made a marine research discovery as an undergraduate and had been published, uh, basically discovering that coral, uh, he, was, he, was, he, he studied coral specifically, and he learned that coral polyps can actually respond to and seat themselves on different uh, surfaces of a particular color that they were more attracted to things that were red so of course oh, you, wow. you think about when you're when you want to restore coral reefs knowing what color to put down there or what that that was a big thing. right so he was very very promising and he had just been accepted to graduate school at the university of miami he was home for his final christmas in 2006 to uh in his senior year and he uh which as he often did was going to go for a, a dive a scuba diving with his friends and just before christmas and, and uh, they were going to drive down to west palm beach and go for a dive and then come back in time for christmas and his mom at the time uh, lived in sanford florida in central florida and so she was working on scrapbooking and that sort of thing and he went down uh to it was down uh um, I think it was around Delray Beach or so, and they were on I-95, and traffic, as is often on I-95, was backed up due to construction. Yeah. And they and they had slowed down and basically come to a stop in in uh, um, in in the traffic when a, a DUI driver hit them from behind at 90 miles an hour. Oh my! And uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. and he was drinking while driving, and oh uh, so the the car was struck, spun around, hit the inside median twice, and so basically Matt was sitting in the back seat, and his head was being snapped back and forth. Is basically the way oh. we understand it. And the and he sustained a brainstem injury. He was conscious for a little bit, but then fell unconscious. He was airlifted to uh, Delray uh, Medical Center trauma, and of course Connie 
had, you know, that night she said, you know, Matt, when you get there, give me a call. And he didn't, hadn't called, hadn't called, hadn't called. So finally the phone rang and she said she felt this relief that, oh, there he is. He's fine. He's there. They got a little held up, but it wasn't. It was, it was her dad. And her dad was saying, Matt's been in a crash. You need to find a way to get down here. And uh, of course, then it was, you know, she had to get down there as fast as possible. Uh, the drunk driver, by the way, uh, got out of the car, complained that he had hurt his finger, urinated in the roadway, threw his wine bottle away, you know, um, just didn't care well, that he had done. Well, why are they always alive? I, I don't know. get it. Yeah. And uh, so she got down there. He uh, was in the he was in the trauma ICU in a coma for eight days and she stayed by his side. Uh, this is during the, you know, over the, over the Christmas holiday. Uh, she said, uh, one of the, one of the most heartbreaking parts of it was that she went to the chapel on Christmas Eve and said, and she wanted to, you know, she said, I'm going to get my Christmas miracle. They gave him a 5% chance of living. She said, I'm going to get my Christmas miracle. So she prayed all day. And, uh, and when she, and when she basically got updated again from the nursing staff, it had, the unfortunate part was that Matt had gotten worse and they needed to do a brain flow test. And it, I believe it was on the 27th that they said that he was brain dead and that, that she was going to have to uh, make the decision to stop life support. And she said the last gift that Matt ever gave her was, is he died on his own. And he didn't force her to make that decision because she said, I can't do it. Well, um, well, since that time, she, you know, she, she's, you know, she's, she's tough and she is a fighter and she, uh, resolved herself to, to become an advocate for DUI prevention. Now, simultaneously, while all this was going on and I was at FSU, I had already been involved in DUI enforcement. I was the, I was the chair of the DUI strike force with which five agencies in our area were, would uh, team up on DUI checkpoints and saturation patrols and that kind of stuff. And, uh, so when this had happened, we learned that there was going to be a candlelight vigil on campus on January the 20th, which was his birthday. And of course we were going to send representation there. We were going to be there and represent the department and the university and the president was going to, the president of the university was going to speak there. And so I just showed up and introduced myself and I had another officer there that was our top DUI officer. And uh, so we just gave our condolences and I asked her, uh, I reached out to her about, I think a few days later. And I said, would you be opposed to, us having a checkpoint in Matt's name. And uh, she said, I would love to do that. And she she ended up coming up and being at the checkpoint, talking to students, the officers. And we just kind of started working more and more together in a professional way. And uh, we we were friends for a long time. It wasn't until 2010 that she asked me out because I, 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 uh, um, you know, I, I had recently been, you know, gotten divorced and, and I was, uh, I, I'm like, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna go anywhere. It <laughs> seemed weird to be like, I'm going to ask a bereaved mom out. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. It, but she, we were talking on the phone at one point and she said, do you want to go out sometime? I'm like, sure. And of course, the rest is history. Oh, that's so yeah, awesome. So we got married a year later and uh, we still have continued to do uh, a lot of work together. We've, we've, and she's, she's spoken in prisons and at universities, wow. and, you know, and of course I continue doing DUI stuff, but, uh, but we've, we've done our best to, to keep Matt's name out there mm-hmm. as a, as a, mm-hmm. as a representative of what can happen. And as a matter of fact, what we do through the art, by the way, is the, the FSU Marine Lab, 
uh, where Matt did a lot of his work, has a scholarship in his name. It's the uh, oh, research. And, uh, and some of the art that, that I, uh, that I sell that have to, has to do with sea life and, uh, and the magnets that, that Connie, Connie makes a bunch of magnets and she sells those magnets. A hundred percent of the magnet sales go to the scholarship and 10% of my art sales for, uh, for sea life goes to it. So we actually are, are trying to promote something that we knew Matt loved as well. And yeah. yeah. Wait, what, yeah what's the scholarship called again? It's the, the Matthew Beard Memorial uh, Award for Excellence in Research. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we still stay involved in DUI, uh, in, in DUI advocacy as well. Uh, and that we are both in the Speakers Bureau for We Save Lives, which is a nonprofit that was uh, created by Candace Leitner, who was the creator of MAD. And she, we're really good friends with her. And so we do speaking for her and, uh, and stay connected with her. And there's a lot of neat programs that, that they have. Like one of the things that you mentioned is, is you referred to uh, a DUI crash as a crash. And that's great because mm-hmm. we, we have a program that's called uh, drop, the, drop the A word, the accident word, because it's not an accident. You know, so we call it, you know, just like they do on on, uh, crash forms, you know, crash, collision, wreck, all that stuff, you know, it doesn't absolve the driver of the responsibility if they're driving impaired. So you're right. It does say motor vehicle crash. It doesn't say motor vehicle accident. It used to say accident. That's interesting. Okay. I, oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Huh. Wow. So, so how, how old was Matthew when he passed away? He was 21. 21 senior at Florida State, State University. Yep. Oh gosh, what a waste. And she actually has a website where she sells the magnets. It's called Oh, what is that? It's called Matson's Magnets. That's M A T T S O N S magnets.com. And Matt and Matson's is a uh is a com- combination of Matt's name and my son Grayson's name. So it's Matson's. Oh. I like yeah. that. She's got a, she's got okay. about two hundred bags. I mean, she makes them herself, and and uh, wow. so, so then the money all goes to to the scholarship. So one hundred percent of that money goes to the scholarship, right? And there's two hundred handmade. Just about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. I'll, I'll put that. I'll I'll make sure I put those links on yeah. the podcast. And I can as send well. them to you as well, so so you can have them. That's wonderful. Yeah, she's taken over. You know, it's funny because. We've got a great big master bedroom. It was it's just one of the neat features of the house. It's really big. Well, half of it now is basically her scrapbooking and magnet making studio. Uh-huh. And she asked me the other day, can I get rid of my dresser so she can have more room? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love her. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. <laughs> that's so cool. How long have you guys been married? Oh, gosh. We've been married uh, going on. We were married in 2011. So uh, next year oh, okay. will be 10 years. Nice. Yeah. 10 years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That's neat. See, everything works out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. I believe in that stuff. She says that, she says that uh, Matthew got that got us together. That was his. He brought you together. Brought together. Yep. Yeah. He's, up, he's up there smiling. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I really appreciate your time today. And thank you for telling his story. Thank you for asking uh, about it very much. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll go ahead and put this on the podcast notes, but but every time I, every time I put it on Twitter and Facebook, we'll also put both both of the uh, links on there, so people can go look at your art and they can look at her magnet. Great, and and also know that you know the money is going toward that. So that's that's wonderful. Excellent. And so we'll also remind people that if they would like to buy specific art from you, like maybe law enforcement related, fire department, dispatcher, even anything like that, they can just 
send you an email through the website, correct? Yeah, they can send me uh, an email through the website and we'll get communicating and we'll figure it out and, and get it done for sure. Yeah. So this is this is what I would do. I would be sending like a stick figure picture <laughs> to you. And does, does that work though? I mean, I know we're laughing about it, but but if somebody really want like has this vision of what they want, you know, you, yeah. it's hard, it's hard to describe that. So can they like just draw yeah. a picture on a sure. paper, like stick figure-ish, yeah. you know what I mean? Because what I'll, what okay. I'll do is as I'm progressing in the painting, I'll send the updates to them. I'll say, here's how it's looking. Do you want any oh, changes? Okay. Is this what you're envisioning? So by the time it's done, it's perfect. You know, that there's no oh, surprise. Unless awesome. they want to be surprised, but I wouldn't recommend that. So No, no, <laughs> no. Oh, it sounds so wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of this. I really appreciate it. And I, Thank you for your service, for 25 years of service. My pleasure. Thank you. And keep doing art. And your art gallery is where? Where is that located it at? Is in, it's here in Tallahassee in, in something called the Railroad Square Art Park. Okay. And the actual address is 688 Industrial Drive. And that's in Railroad Square. So. Well, hopefully, uh, when COVID is over, I can get there. That would be amazing. Yeah. Love to have you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jim. I really appreciate it. And everyone, don't forget, I'm going to have the links to these uh, wonderful pages on the episodes and on Twitter and on Facebook. So Jim, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Of course. The Real Life Podcast was recorded and is being made available by Anchor.fm and its affiliates solely for the informational and entertainment purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided and or expressed on the Real Life Podcast are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and are responsible for all show content and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the agencies and communities that the guests may serve. Some parts of the Real Life Podcast may contain adult content intended for people who are 18 years of age or older. Please listen responsibly.